Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is Episode 3, where we're discussing Walkabout, Episode 3 from Lost Season 1. We can find food. There are plenty of things on this island we can use for sustenance. And exactly how are we going to find the sustenance? We hunt. How'd you get that knife on the plane? Checked it. You either have very good aim or very bad aim, Mr. Locke. His name is Locke. Okay, Mr. Locke, what is it that we're hunting? We know there are wild boar on the island. Razorbacks, by the look of them. The ones that came into the camp last night were piglets. 100, 150 pounds each. Which means that there's a mother nearby. A 250-pound rat with scimitar-like tusks and a surly disposition who'd love nothing more than to eviscerate anything comes near. Boar's usual mode of attack is to circle around, charge from behind, so I figure it'll take at least three of us to distract her long enough for me to flank one of the piglets, pin it, and slit its throat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this third episode of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. Um, we are today talking about episode three of Lost Season 1. Uh, first off, if uh, you're a Twitter user, you can follow us over at twitter.com slash lmpodcast. You can see our website at lostmysterypodcast.com. You can send us an email at info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please rate us on iTunes. Uh, I also wanted to start out and let you guys know we're only about three months away from the start of Season 5 of Lost. Um, But Anton and I continue to uh, stick to our plan of starting from the very beginning of Season 1 and making our way to the very end of the series as a whole. So for you new Lost viewers, you'll have a podcast that you can listen to and you know get the same great experience that these longtime Lost viewers are getting, even though you're a little behind everyone else. So on with today's episode, we're talking about episode three, which is called Lock, Walkabout, and it is about John Locke. Uh, Anton, what thoughts do you have to start us out today? Well, uh, obviously, as from you just talked about, it's, it's about John Locke and this one, and uh, uh, I wrote down uh, my first impression here was what, what's going on with this guy? He's, he's a crazy guy. How you know? How does he know so much? What uh, you know? What is what is this guy about? He, he the whole show um, just was this mystery around John Locke and and uh, from the opening scene of him looking at his feet and to you know uh, just the closing scene with with you know just how he is and, and his whole demeanor. So I got a lot to talk about with this John Locke character. Great. So cool. I, I one thing I loved right from the very beginning of the episode was the the, the scene with the boars on the plane and. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of freaked out because obviously they're probably thinking it's the monster or something like that. And it ends up being these boars. And, you know, Jack's playing the hero and, you know, trying to find out what's in there. And, you know, he sees the eyes of the boar and he's like, run, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this last of the Mohicans yeah. yell. And it's like, you know, they play the most dangerous and like exciting music possible when these stupid little boars are running off into the jungle. And um, I just had to laugh just thinking about how 
ridiculous it looked that these people are running like crazy from these dumb little boars. But that was just not really related to the episode itself. But yeah, but it was, that was funny. scary all the way. I mean, I, I when I saw <laughs> the green eyes, I thought it was a monster too. So uh, it freaked me out. So, but yeah, that wasn't really a mystery or anything. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. The first mystery I did pick up on was the I noticed the tape on Charlie's fingers originally said fate mm -hmm. and now it says late exactly -E. i wrote that down as well any thoughts on that uh you know i was trying to think i mean with going to charlie uh here i, I wrote down that his fingers said late and that his tattoo actually it says um if i could find it here my notes yeah uh, it says uh, is that was that in this episode? That yeah, it was, it? yeah, living is easy with eyes closed. Yeah, exactly, living is easy with eyes closed. And, and I was just kind of reading. I mean, obviously, knowing a little bit about Charlie's character now, mm -hmm. um, I don't that whole late thing is. I didn't know if he was talking about the people chose, you know coming to rescue them. Right, is late mm -hmm. or. Or I, I had no idea. I was I was trying right. to put my mind around it, but well, the only thing I thought about was I wonder if fate and late were meant to be connected because obviously they were both written on his fingers. It's true. So maybe I wonder. Like I remember thinking early on, is this like, um, is it try, is some kind of hint to what the point of the show is? Is yeah. it like these people are late in getting their you know the the just rewards for the things mm -hmm. they've done in the past? Or are they completely unrelated? Exactly, yeah. But I, to me, it's a weird word to put on your fingers. It's like stupid almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unless they're related, it's really just a dumb thing. Yeah, because I thought maybe it was a message to himself, you know, yeah. and the fate thing made sense. And then when he puts late on there, I'm like, yeah, not sure what you're going for here, Charlie. But <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like one of those goth kids. It just tries a little too hard to. To look super cool. Exactly. Right? Well, I, I've since started, you know, writing on my hands. I'm not yeah. sure if it's going to catch on or not, but we're, we're trying to work that out. So, well, the one thing I wrote down next in the episode is we find out. Um, oh, wait, no, I had another thing here. Oh, the mystery of John Locke grows more and more. We find out that he had a suitcase full of knives with him on the plane. Um, and he clearly knows a thing or two about hunting, tracking, you know, all those things. And as Hurley says, who is this guy? I think our clip we played at the beginning was that scene there. Yeah. I mean, this to me, this is kind of a shift in his character from the first episode. Just in you know the first two episodes, he was kind of a passive character. He was kind of odd, but they didn't hint that he was like this MacGyver type, oh, yeah. you know, man of the woods type guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, saw that. I mean, like we talked about, I think in the last uh, episode that I, I brought up the fact that John Locke scares the bejeebas out of me, <laughs> and just for whatever reason, he's eerie. He's got this. Oh, with this weird look. The last scene of the episode two was mm -hmm. just him staring and right. um, and just like I said, he's got this eeriness about him. But now, um, he, like you said, he's more assertive. It's like he it was he's he. I wrote down that he wants to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like yeah, right. It's like it's giving him a chance to become the person he it, truly thinks he is. Exactly, and not you know as we see, he worked in a, an office in a cubicle, which was odd to me. Like they go from the scene of this guy like setting up the scene for them to go hunting to oh, yeah. some guy sitting in a cubicle, you know, talking to a guy on the phone like he's in the army. I thought he was in a CIA or something. Yeah. He's like, is this line secure? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, makes total sense. And right. then, no, no. And especially for those, I mean, people who watched Alias, they know that the guy that plays John Locke also played uh, the director of the FBI and Alias. Oh, okay, so I did not know that. So. I don't know if there's like some tie in there or not, but I think either way they kind of, really twisted on you when you find out that he was just an ordinary cubicle working guy that you know in most respects seems like he was kind of a loser yeah oh yeah in some ways and 
Uh, Can I just go on record to say if I ever see John Locke's boss outside of the, oh, this, yeah. I will fight him. Yeah. <laughs> I will fight him to the death. Yeah. So he was uh, such a jerk, especially when we find out, you know, why he was teasing him so much about yeah. wanting to go on the walkabout. And stuff. Exactly. Um, oh, I know one thing I made a note of. Uh, when Locke is sitting in his cubicle, he starts to use the, the adding, adding machine mm-hmm. after his boss asks for those reports. Right. And the sound it makes kind of echoes off. Right. Like they cut that scene and the yeah. sound still echoes. It is the exact same sound that the smoke monster makes. Really? That the monster in the woods makes. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. I I didn't really pick up on that, but now I do know the scene and I, I, I do remember what you're talking about now. And it right. is, yeah. Uh, some See, going into that monster now, John Locke was chased by that thing or ran into it. Right. Okay. I, he, did he look at it? You know, he says at one point he says that that he looked into the eye of the island, right? And and it was it was what would he say it was? He looked into the eye of the island, and it was beautiful, or it was it was great. Yeah, I think that's the next episode. Was it? Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Well, in this one, you know, it's like, did he see uh, the the monster? Because I mean, he's face to face this thing. And instead of running and screaming or being mm-hmm. ripped to shreds like most right. of the people have encountered this thing. He smiles. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about that more this next episode. That's a great point. I, I'm pretty sure that that's in the walkabout. Well, that he sees the monster in yeah. walkabout. Uh, yeah, that's that. He definitely does see it in this episode. Yeah, his face starts out. I wrote it down here that he looks like extremely terrified at yeah. first. Like you know, this is bad news. And then as soon as he actually gets a look at it, his face kind of turns to a smile. Exactly. Like almost like relief in what he's seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, once again, just goes back to the eeriness of John Locke. So. Right. And the um, next thing I picked up, um, as far as characters goes, um, Jack says to Kate, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you have trouble staying in one place for very long, Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, even the little bit of interaction Jack has had with Kate, he's starting to, to pick up on her flightiness, and we'll see that more in episodes to come, which becomes a big part of her character. Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, even... Uh, there's a couple other people are starting to notice that she's mm-hmm. always eager to go wherever. You know, she right. constantly has to be moving. And with Kate in this episode, uh, you know, she goes, she volunteers to go out into the, you know, crazy forest and tropical <laughs> whatever and uh, to to help find water. But she's also going out to put this transponder, uh, transponder up to right. try to find out where the signal's coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, when she's out there, she she goes to climb this tree. Um, Michael's hurt, you know, got hit by the boar, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Michael's hurt. And she goes and climbs this tree, and and she Michael's like, "Oh, be careful!" And she's like, she looks at him, she says, "Don't worry, I've climbed a lot worse." You know, just, oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this girl has been, you know, this is just kind of an indication that she mm-hmm. has been through a lot, and she's had it. She's you know, obviously physically right. done a lot of things and, and I just kind of was like well, who mm-hmm. is this and once going back to that thing you know who is really this Kate yeah. girl you know uh, so I just kind of picked up on that that, that that she was kind of alluding to her own past there right and um, actually I think in this uh, in, yeah in that same episode right before Michael got hurt Michael asked her why she was in Australia mm-hmm. and right as she's getting ready to say something that's when John Locke sees the boar. And yeah. he's like, wait. And I'm like, oh, you can't you know, I stop know. it. I know. That's the weird thing, too, is I can't even really recall why she was in Australia. I guess that's what we've seen in the last couple of episodes. She was there running away and stayed with the farmer. That's why she was there. But we don't know yeah, why. what made her go exactly. there. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, next thing I had was we find out a little bit more about Michael and Walt. Mm -hmm. uh, we find out Michael hasn't really been a part of Walt's life at all and that he's just taken over as a guardian since Walt's mother passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Walt was living in Sydney with his mother, and uh, Michael was in Sydney to pick him up and take him back to the U.S. with him. Right. So they have a very new relationship, which explains a lot of, of the problems that they seem to be having as they kind of create that relationship. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, I mean for the first two episodes, I, I kind of wondered why there was this awful mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, not really, I mean, it's, I guess it is kind of awful relationship between the two of them, and uh, and, and it just kind of shows a little bit of insight to why that relationship was kind of uh, right. on rocky ground. So, um, but it's, it's, I'm kind of interested to see how that unfolds because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a father myself and I'm always pulling for that, that right. relationship yeah. and that bond, you know, mm -hmm. to be formed there. So, um, one thing, I don't know if you picked up on this or not. Um, the word destiny was used many, many times in this episode. There was lots of talk about Locke's destiny, mm -hmm. um, both in the break room at work when he was talking with his boss and the coworker. Um, and when he was talking with Helen on the phone later on in this house, um, I find it interesting that Helen, you know, ends up being, uh, you know, what appears to be a $90 an hour phone sex operator yeah. or something. The only thing that makes sense to me, me too. Yeah. And in the break room, the person he's playing the game with, um, makes mention to Helen. So he's obviously telling other people, you know, talking about her as if she were like a girlfriend. Um, but clearly from, you know, Helen's response on the phone, this is all business for yeah. her. And yeah. I think that's a, a really interesting look in the Locke's character yeah, and uh, the type of life he has. He seems to be a loner, uh, doesn't really seem to have many people in his life, and he has to lie to make people think that he has a somewhat normal life. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it was. I mean, I wrote down a couple of things about that, and I just asked it first, you know, you know, who who is this Helen girl? And we find out, you know, kind of who she is. But my my question was why was Locke so obsessed with her you know and mm -hmm. and um you know whenever Locke um you know dodges the bullet from the the boar right he calls Kate Helen right you know and he, he says he's like I'm you know I'm fine Helen you know and, and uh -huh. she's like Helen you know and he just kind of immediately turns it off but mm -hmm. but yeah that destiny word comes comes around so much in this right. episode and, and a lot to do with Locke and uh, and he says it a lot, and he don't tell me what I can't do. Right, you know, he's, and that's another part that he gets into. Mm -hmm. So now I don't know if I can articulate this clearly, but I find it really interesting the whole flashback thing that they do. You know, Locke gets you know gored by the the gored by the boar, <laughs> right? And <laughs> say that and a he's, bunch of times. He's laying on the ground. And that's when his flashback kicks in. Right. And then he wakes up and, and he starts calling Kate Helen. Right. It's almost like it's not just a memory. It's it's almost like the flashbacks aren't just to give us information about the character. It's almost like the, the people are actually remembering those right. things at that exact time. And I wonder if there's if these are just really memories or if there's actually some weird thing going where these people are there. almost connecting right. back to their past somehow. Yeah. I mean, I have no clue, but like, it seems really weird that Locke would just have this memory and all of a sudden would start calling Kate Helen. No, yeah, yeah, no. I, there's something going on there because uh, it's too vivid. Each person right. that's gone back, I mean, they, they, there's a character change immediately afterwards. Right. It, it you know. clearly affects their life yeah. on the island. On the island. Just from having that flashback. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not just like you said, not just a little memory. It's, it's something that's changing them. So. Mm-hmm. 
Well, moving right along, we had the the monster was back again. This time it was in the daylight, which yeah. is the first time we've had that happen. Uh, again, we see the evidence of it being there with the trees moving yeah. and everything, but we don't see the monster at all. Um, however, Locke does see it. You know, as we said, he stares right into the face, um, appears scared at first, but then he seems really calm right. about it. Um, but what I noticed was um, later on, uh, Michael asked him if he got a good look at the monster. Um, you know, since it was headed right in Locke's direction, right. he knew that Locke would run into it. Um, and Locke lies and said he didn't get a good look at the monster, even though we know he did. You know, why do you think he would hide that? Like I said, you know, it goes back to just, in my opinion, just as um, there was something that he saw that he's not willing to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I feel like he wants to be there. Right. I, I, you know, I, I feel like there's some kind of weirdness with Locke that that he feels like his life, like you said, he's got this secret thing going on. He, he, I mean, I can definitely tell that he's in his zone and his element there, right. mm-hmm. and he doesn't want that to be messed with. Right. And for whatever reason, uh, he knows that this thing's been killing people. Right. It didn't kill him. Okay. So if he was staring at the, you know, there was some kind of connection there that was made, and I, I just don't feel like he, he wants him. I didn't know that. Right. That secret, you know. Yeah, it's just, but it, then I think it, it definitely indicates that. Um, there's something about the island that he understands that no one else does. Oh, yeah. Because if he were truly in the same boat as everyone else, he, he would be in the position of wanting to get sure, off that island. Most definitely. So for him to hide it, it's almost like he's worried it would jeopardize everyone else and make everyone want to leave even more. Oh, yeah. And he wants to protect the fact that he's on the island and he's loving it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, the next thing that I had, uh, let's see here. Oh, most of the survivors seem to assume that you know, Locke was killed by the monster right after he comes in contact mm-hmm. with it. Um, do you think that the monster actually saw Locke and let him live? Or, you know, what happened with Locke when he saw the monster? Do you think there was any kind of exchange at all? Or he just saw the monster and then the monster went away? Or, like, it seems weird to me that they would meet up and nothing would happen. Yeah, I think it goes, there's something that was said or something that was, there was some kind of exchange there because just uh like you talked about when he had his conversation with michael um had he said yeah i got a glimpse at it you know michael you know and you might ask what its characteristics look like but i mean there was some type of like he didn't want to get into it at all Mm -hmm. you know and 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 like we talked about before he wants to be there there was some type of affirmation something that was given to him there that just reinforced his wanting to stay there on that island that's my my opinion there was you know a whole lot given there but I mean, I don't understand why they'd stare at each other and he'd go off skipping yeah, through the truck, yeah. you know, the... the <laughs> or take off, run it, they're like, totally leg it through the jungle, you know? Yeah, back exactly. To the beach, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't really get that, but so something went on. Yeah, we'll switch gears a little bit here. Um, uh, Rose, the woman Jack's talking to on the beach, um, she has a real strong belief that her husband did not die in the crash. You know, Jack mm-hmm. says, everyone that was in the tail section of the plane is dead. You know, to which she responds, they're probably thinking the same thing about us. Exactly. I wanted to see your thoughts on that. Well, I, I don't know. There's some there's a, some type of, a, I kind of just said it was kind of a spiritual element to Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I asked myself in, in my notes, what does she know? What kind of, you know, because she, she has some type of a connection of, of, well, not that she just feels that her husband's alive, but she, she really, she knows in her mind that, that he is and that, and that they're out there thinking the same thing about them. And, um, you know, it is kind of interesting to think that everybody else is presumed dead 
just because they're not with this group, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no reason why the ones that made it there made it anyway. I mean, you right. got all these people that sit in one row. I mean, they keep talking about, Oh, the young, the couple that was going to get married was sitting right behind me or uh-huh. two, you know, they're dead, but the ones sitting right next to him weren't, you know right. I mean? It's like there was select, it was seemed like it was very selected who made it and who didn't make mm-hmm. it, you know? And so I, to me, it just seems like, well, yeah, Rose has got a great point here, but there's something mysterious about Rose that, that kind of draws me to her character that she's, right. she's kind of in this lock type knows more than yep. everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? Definitely. Well, um, related to that, um, you know, after talking to Rose, you know, Jack sees a man in a suit, you know, standing oh. off in the distance in the jungle. Um, he seems troubled by seeing the man there at first. And mm-hmm. he sees the man again later and goes into the jungle and chases after him. And just as he gets into the jungle, Locke appears out of the brush from the same direction the man was running. And if I remember right, this is the first time we see Locke after his encounter yeah. with the monster. Mm-hmm. So um, this got my mind going like crazy. Like, is there some weird like exchange going on? Like the man in the suit for Locke, like the, the island is it exchanging the two and giving Jack Locke instead of the guy in the suit or right. Like, it seems weird to me. The guy runs into the jungle, disappears and out of the exact same place comes Locke at that exact same moment. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, just adds to the mystery of Locke. Yeah. But this character that's uh, in the suit that, that right now only Jack's seen, mm-hmm. um, is the scariest part. I mean, yeah. this, I mean, that was like, this freaked me out when I first saw it. And, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that, I mean, that when Jack ran in there and like you said, it's like, I'm expecting to see either this, the monster that's in the jungle, or I'm expecting to see the man in the suit mm-hmm. instead out pops lock. Right. And I'm going, okay, yeah. wait a minute here. You know, there's, you just know there's something going on yeah. super crazy there. Yeah. And you know, locks, pulling his boar through the jungle and uh-huh. got blood all over him. And he's like, you know, everybody's like, I thought you were dead, you know? And yeah. Jack's still, you know, dazed about the whole thing. I would give anything to know what happened between the time when Locke saw the monster and Locke came out of the, out of the fort, you know, out of the jungle with that boar. Well, I, my thing was, I didn't even know was okay. Cause, and this is going stretching a bit here, but I'm like, did, did Locke even kill the boar? Right. You know, was it given yeah, to him? Yeah, I thought about that too. You know, was it given right. to him by that thing, you know? And yeah, because they were all complaining about not having food. Yeah. And made, yeah, it's almost like the monster gave the board to John to give to everyone yeah. else. Well, yeah, blood trickling down from the top of his head. Right. And I'm like... I noticed there was a lot of blood yeah, too. Yeah, I'm like, okay, did he carry it on his forehead yeah. back? Or I mean, does this... Just, um, yeah, did he put it on like a helmet, like yeah, a boar helmet yeah, or something? I mean, maybe, maybe that's the case. I mean, he would. I mean, if anybody would do it, it'd be locked. But yeah. it caught my attention. Like, why so much blood and yeah. why in those places? And then maybe this, that yeah. monster out there, give him this boar. Well, maybe, I mean, I've never personally slit the throat of a boar piglet, but... Oh, well, I have. I, I, and uh, it's, it's not near that amount of blood. So. Not nearly that amount. What you know about dinosaurs, I yeah. know about boars, so... <laughs> Take what I know about dinosaurs, double it, and that's what you know. I'm about really boars. good on, in the yeah. boar se- subject, so. <laughs> oh, and of course, the main mystery of the episode, uh, we find out that Locke was in a wheelchair. We have a, several of really great scenes that set it up. You know, we have so many scenes with Locke where you can't see his wheelchair. You can mm-hmm. see he's sitting down, but you never see the wheelchair. And then all of a sudden, you know, sitting in that office talking to the, the walkabout guide, we can we find out that yeah. he's been in a wheelchair for what did he say four years I think yeah four years um, you know it's just amazing you know he was been 
um, taken from this situation where he was not allowed to go on this walkabout that he was so excited about because right. he was in a wheelchair to, you know, we see him, you know, stand up for the first time in four years. Yeah. Um, the amazing scene we see Locke stand on his own and um, for the first time he, you know, for the first time in four years he stands up, the joy on his face, he realizes that he can walk again and just that moment, you know, he's asked to get involved in helping to save some of the other survivors. Yep. And yep. like it just struck a chord with me imagining, you know, putting myself in that situation mm-hmm. and how exciting it would be like for someone to say, hey, you know, come over here and help and for you to actually be able to do it exactly. for the first time and how exciting that would be. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it, this scene, I just wrote down that the closing scene with Locke was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. first, you know, you, you see him trying to go to the walkabout and um, they're telling him, no, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And he gets really upset about that because he's right. you know, spent you know so much time, money, and effort to get there. And they're telling right. him, now, you can't do it. He's like, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. Don't tell me what I can't do. And you see him, and then he wills over. And you're uh-huh. like, oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, it's you know? crazy. And before this, you see him laying down, and you see his feet a mm-hmm. couple se- in a couple scenes. And you see right. him, like, wiggling on his toes. And I'm, mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, before I even knew he was in a wheelchair, I was like, is he just out of it? And he's like... I'm okay, you know, type thing. Yeah, making sure he's okay right. and can move and everything. As soon as I saw the wheelchair, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. just total curveball. <laughs> and then, like you said, whenever they, you know, he's being yelled at to help these people, um, like, what would you think? I mean, yeah. you would just be so, so happy yeah. uh, in a place of chaos. Mm-hmm. And you're experiencing, in the midst of this huge disaster, you're having the most profound and exciting experience of probably his entire life. Yeah. And how amazing that is. Yeah, I mean, he actually almost gets down into, like, the, like, prayer uh, uh-huh. stance before he stands up. Like, he's right. almost, like, overwhelmed. And then he, he gets himself kind of pulled together and looks up and says, I can help. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't know. Just to me, I, like, I got choked up. Even yeah. It's just, I've, it's, I've seen this episode probably six or seven times total now. And every single time that scene just sends chills down my spine it's i think it's probably one of the finest if not the finest scene in television ever oh it's great it's it's just one of the most amazing scenes yeah most definitely yeah um uh, once again it kind of it gives me a little more insight to why Locke wants to be there i mean Uh i mean obviously yes i know he wants to be there because of his ability to use his legs Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think there's more to it but that's kind of the first big chunk oh Mm -hmm. okay and there's probably a lot of fear too that you know if if he leaves the island will he still be able to walk maybe he's only only can walk because he's on the island exactly the uh another thing with that kind of explained because in the episodes before there was you seen the wheelchair multiple mm-hmm. times right but i never really put anything to that mm-hmm. i just thought it well, was part of the luggage somebody had it or whatever might have been the airlines you right. see it and they, were, mm-hmm. they were using it to like which does not make sense to me it was like i saw in one scene uh and i think it was episode two they were lo- loading luggage on it and pulling the wheelchair through the sand i'm like that is extremely <laughs> hard that's a case when wheels make something harder yeah, i'm when like you're dragging it through sand probably yeah. not the best use of that but yeah okay great uh, great prop okay i get yeah. where we're going now so right. so that yeah we see that there was in fact a wheelchair on the plane Good exactly go. exactly so now that brought up an interesting point for me you know, is Locke the only person on the island who had something like this happen to him? Right. I mean, I don't think we've seen, you know, through the behavior of the other characters, I don't think we've seen anything to suggest that they're like overjoyed about something that happened when they crashed on the island. But I mean, some of the people we don't know much about, is it possible that we'll find out that there's 
more more people who had an experience like this or does john Locke have this special connection to the island because it yeah. seems that you know the monster obviously didn't do anything to him when it saw him maybe he's special well here's the thing that i'm just i'm kind of thinking about here now this is this is just anton theory and yeah i don't know anything i'm i'm so new to this so this is probably <laughs> just ridiculous but so here's what i'm checking out and i'm noticing here okay yes john noted it got to see the the monster quote unquote but he's the only one of the characters that has been face to face with it mm-hmm. that we have had seen okay yes the pilot got ripped out okay but he you know in the storyline was nothing okay right we don't know if jack gets encounters this thing what does it do to Jack? That's true. You know, I yeah. mean, and 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 the whole going back to does the island give everybody something? Maybe John's was physical, so right. we're seeing that initially. Mm-hmm. But the, a lot of these other people, like we already know that a lot of them, Kate and and Jack, all have these other circumstances. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is something to be unfolded in their lives, and that they're going to have some type of redemption or some type of like miracle in their life as well. But it's not this physical. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. it's just not this physical. Oh, I was I had I couldn't walk. Now I can walk. You right. Know, so or maybe I mean, if if the monster truly is exercising some sort of, you know, specific um, care to each person, you know, Locke obviously his biggest problem was he couldn't walk. Yeah. You know, these other people have other issues, Kate being the fugitive. Sure. Um, you know, other issues that'll come up over time. Maybe that monster fixes those problems somehow. Uh, I mean, it could, it could be that the, I mean, I think to me, the Island is one thing the the mysterious powers of the Island is one thing and the monster is something totally different. Yeah, I agree. But you know, with the, you said the monster fixing some things, i.e. Marshall dying. Right. You know, it's like... Yeah, fix something for Kate. Know, yeah, too Marshall, bad for him. Marshall yeah. dies, but we didn't even know much about him, you know? Actually, I couldn't really... I didn't really like him. Yeah. He was too cocky. I'm sure it sucked for the Marshall, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but the monster likes Kate, and I, I can't blame him, you know? She's yeah. kind of pretty, and, you know, well, she's really pretty and got this really unique story, so I'm glad she, di- yeah. you know, she didn't die and Marshall I'm glad. Died. I'm glad the monster chooses to kill off the boring people. No, no kidding, you know? We need more of that. Yeah. But. No, that's, that's mean. But I had a couple of, of interesting notes I pulled up from lostpedia.com about this actual episode. Uh, one was the, the term walkabout uh, means to wander around with no certain destination. Mm. And obviously this walkabout was all geared towards John Locke because yeah. he was the one going on the walkabout. But you wonder if, um, if that mostly applies to his situation now on the island or more to his past life, which did seem to be kind of without any direction yeah. for a long time. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, this, I mean, obviously, it was a great title for the episode being that John couldn't walk. Right. You know, it just, I mean, I took it directly. and you know, walk about, yeah, good funny story. You know, I can't walk, you know. Yeah. Now I can, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I took it directly to John. Yeah, okay. Um, another interesting tidbit that no one in their right mind would ever really notice, but they pointed it out, so I thought it would be interesting to pass it along. In the flashback where Locke is, you know, sitting on the bed talking to Helen, um, there's a machine next I to his bed. I noticed that. Did you notice <laughs> yes. it? Okay, well, that... <laughs> I'm not in my right mind. <laughs> no, I noticed the machine, but these people actually knew what it was. Oh, well, I was gonna, I was gonna research that because I was like, is it some kind of like <laughs> machine that keeps his legs from like wasting away? You know, it like compresses them. You know, like the Wicked Witch, yeah, Wizard of Oz, and the legs curl up. Exactly. Under the house. I thought maybe he has that issue. <laughs> Beep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it's called um, a Pro Elec DT. Um, it's an electro an electromedical device from Hackomed, used mm-hmm. for stimulating motor nerves for the purpose of providing muscle 
re-education. So obviously it makes sense if he's paralyzed um, that he would have a machine like that to help him hopefully get to walk again. Yeah. Well, they showed you showed the scene with him and they made made the angle look where you were looking. If you're looking at Locke, you were looking at that machine. Right. And he reaches over and flips it off. Oh, I didn't even yeah, notice that. He reaches over and flips it off. So it, oh. it gives you an indication. Right then and there, I was like, something's going on with this man. Right. Maybe, I, I mean, I didn't know much about the machine. So, you know, you're thinking like kidney issues or right. whatever, you know, until you know that. I mean, because, but he definitely has this machine hooked up. And I was thinking something, you know, medical is wrong with this guy. So, yeah. Now, I was thinking about it though. Like, you know, if a doctor or somebody that specialized in an area was watching that episode, right then is when they would have realized oh, there yeah. was something wrong with the guy. Well, they would have known, they would have known probably. Yeah, he probably would have pointed to the fact that he was paralyzed in some way. Right. Yeah, like I just imagine them walking like, oh my gosh, he's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, then everybody else discovers it a half hour later at the Dang end of the episode. smart yeah. doctors. <laughs> they would have been running it, it for been, everybody. It would have been so anticlimactic though no if kidding. you knew that that's what the machine was for. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, another interesting note, the original name of this episode was Lord of the Flies. Um, obviously a play on, it said a play on the title of the island survival drama of course, Lord yeah. of the Flies, but also Locke's occupation. I couldn't figure out how Locke's job related to Lord of the Flies. Anyway. No, I mean, I don't, I don't get that. No, I, I don't either. I mean, there might be something deeper there. If but somebody else out there knows, please call us or yeah. write us <laughs> yeah, and let, let us, us know. know. You can info at lostmysterypodcast.com. Um, but that's most of the stuff I have related to this episode. Um, we do have some feedback from listeners we'll get to here in a moment. Um, but there was one quick bit of discussion I thought would be worth bringing up. Okay. Um, even though we're not quite to this point yet, is there's talk about a potential lost movie. I saw that somewhere. I'm I'm really not like going out on the web at all or uh-huh. doing anything because I'm afraid. Like, yeah, you'll spoil I don't, it. Yeah, I don't want to know any answers, and I don't want to hear people talk to me at mm-hmm. all. That people are like, oh yeah, I watch Lost, and I just kind of like tackle yeah. them, like shut your <laughs> mouth, shut yeah, up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but I did notice uh, that that came across and it said. You know, hey, there's a potential for a movie. And right. So. Yeah, I think there are definitely arguments on both sides of the fence. And a lot of people would like to see the, the conclusion of the show, the last episode, be enough to tie the entire mm. thing up in yeah. a nice package. But others are like, you know, whatever Lost-related, you know, video I can watch, sure. I want it. You know? Yeah. But um, we'll see how you how you weigh in on that as you watch yeah, one of the episodes. Yeah, most definitely. But personally, I, I would love the show just to tie itself up. But if they could somehow create a movie that would supplement that yeah um i'd be all for it if they could do like a home for the holidays lost version yeah. <laughs> you know everybody together opening gifts you yeah know, that, that might be cute yeah. i don't know well let's uh, have some listener feedback here uh this is from wayne hey anton and evan this is wayne from wayne henderson voiceovers i also do the uh, wayne's take on fringe podcast calling from sunny southern california and yeah go ahead and use this in your next podcast if you want I just wanted to call and give you guys props uh, for the Lost Mystery Podcast. I've enjoyed listening to the first couple of episodes. Uh, just you guys have a banter, I can tell, but uh, like you said, I think you were cousins, and it uh, shows that you've chatted together a lot over the years. And I like having the fresh perspective of what it's like to watch Lost from the beginning. Um, again, it reminds me why I love Lost or how I got into Lost in the first place. I mean, I definitely love Lost for what it is, but this does remind me why I got sucked into it in the first place. And even a couple of things that I never noticed or heard about on other podcasts um, through the years, and I've listened to a lot of Lost podcasts. Welcome to the Lost uh, podcasting uh, 
community. Glad to have you aboard. Looking forward to the next episode. Bye. Thank you, Wayne. Yeah, um, the, he mentioned the Fringe podcast that he's with. I've actually been watching Fringe myself. It's another J.J. Abrams show. Right. Same person who created Lost. It's a definitely different from Lost, but it's a great show, some great mystery, mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in that. But thanks for the feedback. Um, like Wayne mentioned, um, we do try to, to cover things that haven't been discussed in a lot of other podcasts. And most of that will just happen because this is a very you know flow of conscious discussion that we have. And we each notice different things than a lot of people would. Um, but we hope that even for people who've watched Lost from the very beginning, that there'll be something here for you as well. I mean, obviously, it's going to be of most interest to people who are starting from the beginning, but uh, hopefully there'll be something for you guys as well. If nothing less, you can laugh at me, that, <laughs> the fact that I know nothing. So Yeah. <laughs> but I think that'll wrap us up for this episode number three of the Lost Mystery Podcast. And uh, again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can see us at twitter.com slash lmpodcast. That's LM as in Lost Mystery Podcast. You can see our website at lostmysterypodcast.com. You can send us an email to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. Or you can call our listener line like Wayne did at 765-439-4190. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. Hopefully we'll see you in a week or less. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can go sign up and become part of the community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us with your questions or comments at info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, your message, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.